the NMD podcast number 11. How you doing, buddy? Good, you? Good. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just we we don't oh. get to talk, you know, this we're still quarantined in some some way, so uh I'm just checking in to see how you're doing lifetime-wise. Everything good? We're we're good. Yes. I've been um listening to what was I listening to earlier? I was listening to Dinosaur Jr. Wow, man. All right. You are, as far as NMD goes, man, you really have it bad, and you are a weird cat. I'm so glad that we get to do this. Because well, who knows was, what you was... were listening to before that, you know? Pete Yorn. New uh, Pete Yorn. You po- well, you posted on Facebook a Pete Yorn video, I think, or someone did. I thought oh, it was you, on a chain, yeah. which is my jam. That's my jam. I love that album. Yeah, I was listening to the new record, which I haven't spent a ton of time with, but... What's your take so far? I like it so far. Good, good. I've been... Oh well, it's it's 2019, but it was new to me. I I've been slacking and didn't know he had one. So I've been rocking. I had t- two of his records. I had the um, I think uh, I had the one with Life on a Chain. Um, That's the first one. Music for the morning after. And then I had the next one, which had a single. Which on. is. Uh, Day I Forgot? Yes, that's exactly right. Yep, I have okay. those two, and I like them both. I like him. He's cool. So Yeah, t- there's another one with uh, Scarlett Johansson that's supposed to be out or coming out. Yep, I, I thought I saw a video from that one or some, maybe them playing together or something, but I did see that too. Yeah, he's a hip He's a hip cat. There was a guy from Muskegon, dude, um, a kid from Muskegon who actually played guitar for him. Oh, nice. Yeah, exactly. He was. Uh... Did you ever hear Pete Yorn's cover of Dancing in the Dark? No, is it good? It's very good. All right, I'm on it after this. See, we've been here for what, a minute? And we are sidetracked already. What's, Off topic. What's the topic today, man? We're going to do concerts part two. And and here's why we're doing concerts part two, because I feel like we we talked a little bit. We were We sort of gave ourselves a time limit. I forget why. We just, it was a bonus. Was concerts a bonus episode? I don't remember. It was not. But we had set up a time frame or something was going on. We didn't, we didn't. It really... was our, yeah, it was our monthly time for our podcast oh, server exactly. that we pay. We only had a certain amount of time left. That's what it was. God dang, we are cheap. And uh, us and schedules are not friendly. No, not when we're talking anything music related. <laughs> so we decided, I kept, I said to Scott, I said, man, I, I we need a part two because we talked a little bit about concerts, a couple of our favorite shows. But I, what I didn't think we got into was the concert going experience. Right. And and that is uh it's not certainly not the same anymore but the concert going experience growing up was I mean was gold it was right and I have I have some that are very memorable that um that are in all different forms like uh Hank 3 I've seen him 3 times I believe uh, that's Hank Williams the third or Shelton, um, Hank uh, Hank Jr.'s son. To people right. who don't know who Hank three is, um, I saw him at the old intersection with this uh, guy named Unknown Henson. Yeah, He's like right. a vampire type of dude. He's who cool. plays at Tip Top. I think he plays at the tip. Yep. Yeah, I've awesome. seen him with Wayne the Train. Who I lo- who plays at Hancock. the Hancock. I you know what? I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop for a second and, and we don't do a ton of this. I know we do it occasionally, but I just I gotta throw my love to Ted Smith from the Tip Top Deluxe and Grand Rapids. I mean oh. you talk you talk about cross genres and, and and opening your doors to all sorts of live music. The tip top does that. But so far, I mean, you say unknown hints and I go, yeah, he plays the tip. You say Wayne the train Hancock. Oh yeah. He plays at the tip. I mean, tip top. Yeah. That's so cool. So I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to give Ted. And I can't remember who else I saw him with, but one of the most memorable to me was the last time I saw Hank three. And that's the one I don't remember who opened, but there were, and I had stopped drinking at shows. Let, I'll say that because I have shows in my book that I have tickets for that I do not remember going because I was drunk. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> so uh, probably course. probably around 10, 15 years ago, I pretty much stopped drinking at shows because I, well, I didn't want to pee 
and miss anything. <laughs> and I was and I was not remembering them because right. I drink too much. Right. But that Hank three show, there was everybody from 18 to 88 at that show. And that was so freaking cool. Was he doing the two the two sets where he would do a what I'll call a honky tonk set and then he would do a punk rock set? Yeah, like three hours. Yeah. See, he would he, do about an hour and a half of each. Yeah, and I, I can remember he, so I'll, I'll get to my Hank, Hank the third story in a second, but I know he was doing a thing where he'd come out and he'd play the traditional, his kind of what I'll call his traditional country set, and then he would make an announcement and actually say, you know, some of you older folks or whomever might want to leave, uh, we're going to come out with his band, Ass Jack was going to come out, yep. and, um, and then they would be like a misfits, you know, punk, heavy you know speed and and he would he'd be like and i he loves both those things equally you know right um well yeah he started out as a drummer and and like hardcore bands right yeah yeah he's big into black flag and misfits and all that type of stuff and and he plays with i mean he he's in a band with or was in a band with phil anselmo uh from pantera i mean he's into that stuff i i prefer him um i mean I prefer the traditional country stuff, the stuff that sounds like his granddad, you know? Um, yes. That's just what I like about him. Now, my Hank third story is you talk about drinking. Several years ago, before I got sober, I had gotten a call, and the offer was Hank Williams III needed a guitar tech for a tour. Oh, and, wow. And the guy's like, it's your gig. You can do this gig if you want. And I said no. And the reason was I was still drinking pretty hev- heavy and I didn't think I'd come back from that one. You know, I mean, that's the God. That's the holy God's honest truth is I was such oh. a heavy drinker that if I had gone out with Hank Williams, the third who, you know, I don't know his story now, but you're definitely a partier, quote unquote. Um, I just didn't think I would have come back. And I, right. my son at that time. Uh, was, you know, he was probably under five years old, and I thought, man, I'm going to orphan this kid if I go out on the road with Hank <laughs> So I passed it up, man. I didn't do it. And uh, Wow. I mean, now would be a different thing. I'm a different man, but back then I wouldn't have I wouldn't have come through it. But the offer was on the plate, and uh, and it was mine for the taking, and I passed it up. So Wow. And I'm yeah, sure it would have paid one tens of dollars for a me, week. Yeah. Um, Thought Industry was always uh, a great. They were out of Kalamazoo. They're on Metal Blade Records. Yep, I remember um, that name. Great bands. Th- those shows were always good. And and you know, going back to like Thought Industry shows and shows at the Tip Top. Uh, the one thing I like about the Tip Top Deluxe is everybody that goes to shows there. When I've been there, my experience is they're here. They are there to hear music. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they shut up and listen to the music. That's one thing I despise about other clubs is people talking or looking at their phones. Like, how are you looking at your phone? Why are you here? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, you don't get that. At the, uh, you know, I, I play it at the tip a lot and, um, and, and go to shows. And actually, Ted has been gracious enough to allow me to hook up some friends and, and bands that I know that tour and um the cool thing about it is you feel like almost everyone in there has an MD. Yes. You know what I mean? So you go in there and it's like these people are not your fringe listener. They're engaged. They're and the the best part is is um I saw kind of um one of my favorite bands and songwriters, a guy named Kenny Roby from Six String Drag they covered Mendocino by the Sir Douglas Quintet, and I thought, nobody, nobody's going to know this. And sure enough, at that middle bar at the tip, there's two people singing every word, you know. <laughs> and I did a cover there of uh, a Chris Knight tune called Down the River, and uh, I-, I joked. I said, you know, I-, I didn't think anyone would know this song, so I should have taken credit for it. And <laughs> and yet there was a woman sitting there singing every word. And a dude came up to me afterwards and went, hey, man, I really like the Chris Knight cover. And I was like, thank God I didn't lie. But <laughs> here here's what I want to get to. I, I want to talk about what we didn't talk about last time with concerts. The pageantry, the, the experience, especially as a young person. Right. Yeah. Now, we have to go back in time. We have to remember, and it'll be hard for younger people to remember this, but there was a time when you couldn't, 
you didn't have that access. You didn't see musicians all the time. You know, you saw their video, and um, the video might be a concept video, you know. They might be hunting in the rainforest or, you know, Duran Duran on a catamaran or something. <laughs> um, and you'd see the live concert video, too. You know, that was a, a cheap way to get a, a video out on a band. But you just didn't have access like you do now. So when they rolled into your town, it was a big deal, you know. The school would buzz for I don't know how long, you know, you'd it the the rumor would hit the hallways, hey man, KISS is coming. That this right. leg of the KISS tour, you know, or KISS's animalized tour is coming to the arena, you know, our local hockey arena. And then the next rumor would be, and you know, they're touring with blank, you know, so it's gonna be KISS and this other band. And then, you know, you'd get your ticket, and that was the rumor and the you know, dude, did you get your ticket? Yeah, yeah, I got my ticket, you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> And then the day of was a whole thing. Now, the day of, depending on your age, um, you know, the day of might be everything from, you know, you'd have to procure the proper amounts of alcohol and drugs to go to this thing. Um, You'd have to come up, you know, you got to have 15, 20 extra in your pocket because you got to hit that T-shirt off. Right. You're not just going to go and not come into school the next day rocking a concert shirt. Um. And then, you know, we'd get to the arena and it's the buses, the buses there and the semi and and you or semis. You might see the guy. You might see the band. You might, you know, maybe in Muskegon, where I grew up, this would happen. They might either do an in-store somewhere or they might walk around the mall. That, right, yes. That was, a you know, I'll, I, you'd get the rumor, you know, that the guy's in poison were at the record store in the mall that just stopped in and were looking around and everyone had pictures with them. And, and that our, um, is gone, you know? Yeah. Our friend and, uh, guest, um, on the shredders episode, Jeff, he actually, um, saw, Oh gosh, dang it. Um, sticky side up Steelheart. Oh, wow. He saw Steelheart at a mall in Grand Rapids and gave them a ride back to their hotel because it was snowing really bad. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. See, and, and, and that, you know, there's 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 that. It, it was a chance to see your heroes in the flesh. And it's not like that now. Obviously not, because people are more concerned now that their cell phone video is going to be the best cell phone video of the show on Facebook or whatever. But back in the day, there was not the experience, the the roar of the crowd when they took the stage. I can remember just being in awe that, oh, my gosh, I'm seeing Cheap Trick or I'm seeing Eldo Nova or Ozzy wow. Osbourne or whoever it was um, in the flesh, in a hockey yeah. arena where everyone, where all of us are focused on this one thing. And you know, not we, you and I, I think in this show, try not to, especially now we're not, you know, we're trying not to harp on this coronavirus business, right? right? But back in the day, you'd go to a show, you're jammed in, I mean, not to be gross, but you're shoulder wet. Shoulder to shoulder. Right, you're <laughs> wet with a stranger's sweat on you. And I've been to, con- you know as well as me, I've been to concerts where, you know, the dude next to you is high-fiving you, uh, you might hug if something super cool happens, <laughs> and I mean... I bet, you know, these are different days, but, you know, back in that era, a stranger might pass you a joint. I mean, that would happen, you know, um, or a bottle. You know, you'd be at the festival out uh, watching, you know, the Allman Brothers and Aerosmith, and someone might hand you a bottle of wine to take a slug off of or whatever, not condoning that behavior. I'm just saying that (laughs) community thing, you know, and then, uh, you know, uh, the concert for me. The live show for me, the pageantry of it, the walking, the smell of the arena. You know, my first stop is the merch booth, and there's a hundred different T-shirt designs, and they don't sell those in the record store here at home. And yeah, I want the one with the tour dates on the back that says Muskegon. That was a big. I thing. always had a. I always had a strategy to wear a crappy shirt that I didn't care about to the show. So I could throw it away after I bought my concert shirt because you, you wanted to wear it. <laughs> it's genius. That's genius. Because um, you, you can't put it in your pocket. Or tie it around your waist. God forbid or, you yeah. lose it. Yeah. Because yeah, so. you know it's going to be a jersey, three-quarter sleeve <laughs> yeah. jersey. Well, our thing was, so the concert would come to the local arena. Then the next day at school was the killer. Because 
I I started going to concerts when I was in elementary school. Well, our elementary school shared a lunchroom with the high school. So we all ate. I'll never forget. I, I cannot tell you right now how badass John Merchant felt walking <laughs> into the lunchroom, rocking the, uh, you know, Eldo Nova subject shirt, the only <laughs> kid in sixth grade with one on, and you look around in all the high school guys have them on and and they're you know they're looking at you and giving you the thumbs up and it was just all of that and the visual of what a concert used to people used to put a lot of money into a rock and roll show yeah we were never allowed to wear concert shirts at my school oh yeah we we just just for reference scott i'm gonna give you for reference at one point in my life the and unfortunately I grew up with just my mom for the most part, and she passed, and these are all the stories that you want, you know, I want to go, dude, you should call my mom. She will tell you, but she's gone now. Um, If you have a Ouija board, I don't know if they work, but you can check in maybe that way. But I could go two weeks of school, so 10 days, and never wear the same Iron Maiden shirt. I was really (laughs) proud of that. Really (laughs) proud of that. Um, (laughs) But that's, you know, I think that's the magic of, of people coming together with that. We had that thing we were all looking at, you know, we were all there for one reason and it wasn't our cell phones. It wasn't because some, you know, it wasn't to be a tastemaker. We were there because, you know, um, great white was in town or white snake or whatever it was. And we were going to watch that, you know, did you ever go and, and, you know, like, Back in the day, we didn't know as much about the show. We heard it advertised on the radio, and and then sometimes you see the opener and you discover a new band. Oh, numerous, numerous, times. yeah, numerous times. Um, God, gr- opening bands that have blown me away. In my adult life, uh, I saw a band I really liked, a band called the Bodines. They came to Muskegon. They were supposed to be with band whatever. I th- I want to say it was like the Bodines and I I don't remember now. But anyhow, that dude whoever that was didn't make it, and they had this other dude opening. This guy named Todd Snyder and his band, the Nervous Rex. Oh boy! I had bought a Bodines T-shirt, maybe a Bodines. I don't think it was a poster because I was in college and I wouldn't have really had posters then. I was with my girlfriend at the time, um, but. Todd Snyder played his opening song, and I took my Bodine shirt, went back to the merchandise tent. I said, can I return this? I'd like to exchange it. Yeah, what do you want? I said, I'll take that Todd Snyder shirt. And to this second, I mean, I love the Bodines too, but I am a Todd Snyder fan, and it's because he killed me. He was great. I mean, and, you know, there's other bands too. I mean, I... I sort of have that experience of opening bands were always pretty known, you know. So if you got White Snake, the opener wasn't going to be Joe Unknown. It would be that next tier. You'd get Great White and someone else. Yeah, Lita Ford. I would always get I would always get mad at people when they're like they're so focused on the opener or the you know the main show that they're booing the opening band. That, and it's like you're an asshole because a either the band is friends with these guys and asked them to go on tour, which is most tours, I think. Right. Or the record company, they're on the same label. So yeah. they put them together. Well, and you know, there's the, there's the classic moments too, where you get the, the, what I call the out of balance bill, you know, and that's where, that's where you have a, a football stadium full of people booing a band like living color who are a great band, but they're in the wrong right. spot. Um, or... Yeah, I, I saw um, the a band that I kind of knew about, but I didn't realize how good they were until I saw them in concert. Was I saw the Black Crows and Oasis on the Brotherly Love the Brotherly Love tour? Yeah, and this band called Space Hog opened, uh, and they were. Fin- I mean, in the meantime, is there? Everybody knows that song, but yeah, my God, they got some other great stuff. So I wish I could. I mean, opening bands I've seen. Uh, you know, I've seen the Slobberbone open for the old 97s. I've seen 
Yeah, Todd Snyder show was certainly one. I know there's there's more. Um, I saw the Nixons. Um, I remember. I, well, yeah, Seven Dust opened for the Nixons. That's a strange, strange combination because two different styles. When it works, when the off balance bill works, it's really cool. You know, you get you you get a taste of something that maybe you weren't expecting. Um, but that's hard to do because a lot of your general uh, record buying public, you know, they're, they're there to see, you know, I'm here to see kiss. I don't care about sponge or right. Whatever. Alice in Chains Alice in Chains. Or... And, and let me say that too. I was already a fan, but I, I, I thought sponge in Detroit opening for kiss in 1996, whatever it was, six or eight, no, 96, I think was a great show. Um, and you know, I've I've had the unique experience of um, of of being the opening act a lot, um, and I get it. You know, I get you're not here to see us. I understand that. It would be nice if people could be patient enough to maybe open their yeah ears a little bit. But again, and then the worst thing is the worst thing is the the bad opening band, and that happens too. I mean, it happens. Oh yeah. I mean, I heard and. Uh, you know, local openers. Um, I, I mean, that's what I've been the most in my life, and I'm grateful for those. And those are always great gigs, and you're always excited about them. But I've also seen like, you know, straight up bar bands open for national acts, and that's weird. Um, you know, I kind of like my opening act to have some of their own material, I guess. You know. Yeah. Um, but again, I've done both. I've been on both sides of that. Um, the surprise opener for me, um, who I didn't, I wasn't familiar with at the time, was um, Michael Franti opening for John Mayer, which was phenomenal. I just had a John Mayer conversation with a uh, uh, kind of a new acquaintance of mine, and and he and I were. He goes, I I know people hate John Mayer. He goes, I get it, and I he, don't get it. But. He goes, um, well, I think it's because John Mayer came on the scene. And went right to asshole mode. He was kind of dating the hot chicks. He, it, it he seemed a little, um, you know, your body is a wonderland or whatever. You well, know, yeah, that's. Do yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he he just didn't come out. He even he, by his own admission, he didn't come out quite right. He he wasn't quite ready for it. Now, right. um, I I what turned me what turned me into someone who respected his work a lot. Was I saw him cover Panama by Van Halen. Oh. Go on YouTube. He's playing the red and white, the Van Halen stripy guitar. And I saw the thumbnail and I thought, well, this is so stupid. I got to watch it. And he nailed it. And I went, well, you know, the guy's obviously a great guitar player. Now he's in Dead and Company. And yeah. You know, I, but back to the concert, the experience of the concert, I, I don't think that exists anymore. Um, if you look at a, an audience now, they're all holding their phones up. Everybody's got their yeah. phone held up. And um and even on a on a small scale, on the smallest scale, the local scale, there's still the person who wants to have the best Facebook video of all time. <laughs> and and the magic is is gone a little bit. You know, the stage is a pretty sacred place. And if you don't believe me, when that wall is broken, a lot of things can happen. Of course, the goal of many the concert goer in my day was to gain access to the stage so you could either hug your favorite artist or dance around or, you know, I don't know, pull your pants down, do whatever you wanted to do, <laughs> right? And then get your ass kicked by some security dudes. Um, but the flip side of that is the stage is a sacred place where something's going down. That's getting blurred now. Everyone thinks they have access to everything. I, I, I got to right. get the best picture, so I should be in your face or, or, you know, I should be right up front snapping every photo of you. And and you'll see, I, Sebastian Bach, I think, recently just went through a thing where he freaked out because someone was taking pictures of him. And we all remember when Axl Rose did it in St. Yeah. Louis. Um, I just, and not to sound old and curmudgeon, both of which I am, but, <laughs> dude, it's like, can't we have can we not give our artists their space to make their art anymore and do we have to insert ourselves into it 
so radically. The concert used to not be like that. They had the barricade, dude. The barricade was designed. So, you know, so Led Zeppelin could do their thing and I could do my thing and we would do our things together. My thing is to put my hands in the air and scream and high five the person next to me and sing along. And if you tell me to pump my fists in the air, I do it. If you tell me to say, yeah, I say, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, um, and, and then Led Zeppelin's job is to rock and, and be magical and mystical. And and that's going away, dude. It's going away on the local level. It's going away on the national level. And and it bothers me. It bothers me. The concert experience is never, it'll never be what it used to be. And now in this new climate, I don't know what that even means. Yeah, yeah who knows now? pods i guess we each get little pods we go in and they wheel us out to a spot do you have um do you have other what's like do you have a a good memorable outdoor show that you uh were attending now i love a good i love a good outdoor show of course because i i have social anxiety i like some space in my life um I, i you know i saw the horde festival uh that was great it was the black crows and Blues Traveler and, you know, the, I remember that one. all those. Ba- my favorite band on that was they had a B stage. There's a good show. I go to the Horde Festival because the Black Crows are headlining. And it's the Amorica or Bus Tour. And I love the Black Crows, bar, you know, always. And the other thing was the B stage had this new band I loved called Wilco. Oh, and so I tell my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, well, you know, crows are headlining. And here at whatever, two o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it might have been, Wilco's going to play. I want to see that. So we go. Remember where that was? Pine Knob. Pine Knob. Yeah. And what it was, the B stage had, you know, who else was on that tour with Cheryl Crow? It was Blues Traveler, Show Crow, Black Crows. And on the B stage here, we had Wilco. And so we went over to Wilco. There were, honest to God, I thought I counted 15. Wow. I thought I counted 15 people. They rocked so hard. They were so good. I, of course, being the Uncle Tupelo fan, I was in love. You know, I love that band. I told Jay Bennett, their guitar player, he was right there. You know, they were wandering around backstage. I called him over. I said, hey, man, that was a great set. You restored my faith in rock and roll. Of course, he says to me, I don't know about all that. And I said, well, you know, guitar tone sounded good. The next thing I know, I'm literally up there looking at his amp, this modified twin reverb he had. And so while they were playing we were looking backstage Cheryl Crow was backstage Chris Robinson was backstage Ed Harsh was they were all watching Wilco wow and uh so when they came out front Jeff Tweedy and Jay Bennett came out front uh the next band up was the Rembrandts remember them oh yeah so they the Rembrandts were playing Jay and Jeff came out I being me I said hey can I buy you guys a beer and <laughs> Jeff wasn't drinking. Jay was. So we sat under a tree with my girlfriend and and watched the Rembrandts and chatted a little bit. And they were telling me that later that night they were going to go jam with the Crows and they were going to play She by Graham Parsons. Oh, nice. And so that's how the the Crows set ended with Wilco and John Popper on harp and maybe Cheryl Crow was out there and they played She by Graham Parsons. And, um, you know, so that was a great experience. Uh, outdoor concerts are my thing. I saw, you know, I've seen the Allman Brothers and obviously the Crows and Blues Traveler and Jackal. And, you know, I love that. I love a summer outdoor concert. That's where I, you know, saw Mel yeah, I saw Camp. the first probably three or four Ozfests. That would have been and, cool. And I saw... On the B stage, I saw Slipknot, who was, uh, you know, kind of an unknown band yeah. at the time. Uh, I saw the Crows many. T- uh, I think I've seen them seven times and really? wow. a couple outside. What um, do you prefer? What do you prefer, outdoor or indoor? I, I prefer indoor. Me too. Me too. Um, but 
I do like the space of outside, even though we're under the pavilion pretty close up front for the brotherly love tour. Um, I did see Kansas um, one time. At, it was a, it was in St. Joseph, Michigan. They used to have this, maybe they still do. Well, probably not this year, but they used to have this thing called the Venetian festival. Yeah. I played it. Yeah. yeah I saw Kansas there. And I think Henry Lee Summer opened or something like that. I don't remember his like one hit or whatever. But I, it'll come to me. <laughs> um, I saw Chili Peppers outside. I saw Goo Goo Dolls outside. Yeah, I um, like an outdoor. Sh- but I, I am I'm so Midwestern and small town that my and you know I don't go to a lot of big concerts anymore. I go to more like club shows. But I, I like a, a good hockey arena with a rock and roll band. I like a boomy hockey arena with the ice covered up and, you know, the stage at one end and, uh, you know, that smoky, you know, back in the day. There it used would be to be so um, smoky and cool. In Grand Rapids, there used to be um, shows like on Wednesdays or something like that that were free at like Rosa Park Circle. I saw Great White there. I saw this band it, that was. I think a kind of a one hit thing too in the nineties called um The Hunger. Huh. They had a song called Vanishing Cream, which was uh played on the radio. They were they played there. I saw tons of people. It's too many to too many to remember, but, but that's always cool that a lot of towns do, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, I got lucky growing up in Muskegon, we had the summer celebration festival. And yes. um, that was cool because they would have, you know, at that thing, I saw, excuse me, tons of great stuff. I saw uh, the fabulous Thunderbirds and the Wallflowers and that Todd Snyder show and the Bodines and Poison and, you know, it, the list goes on and on and on. Kansas, I, I, being from where I'm at, we're at in the country, there are certain acts we just get a lot of, you know. Um, back yeah, in the day. Buffett at Soldier Field. That was cool. I have friends who went to that. I'm not a Buffett guy. Um, I had friends who went and said it, that was pure, you know, they love Buffett, but it, the experience was what really, you know, yes. got them is just the experience. I'm a, I'm a Buffett's greatest hits kind of guy, but. <laughs> man, it takes <laughs> a big a, man, dude. Whoo, are we going to get. as the, far as I go with Buffett. We're going to get the letters now, aren't we? Holy <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. You know, and that's the other thing is a live band, a concert, you can make or break it for me. And it doesn't necessarily mean I have to come in and hear you recreate. As a matter of fact, I don't always want you to recreate the album. You know, I have that at home. I want you to give me a little something more. Um, yeah, s- there's bands that, that you see them live and they're... Um... Uh, just an example, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, mm-hmm. their their records are great, but they are so good live that you almost like their live show better than you like listening to their records. See, now, see, I have a friend who w- would say, if you go see the Black Crows, who we've both seen, obviously, you know, Chris Robinson does not give a crap about the recorded melody. Of the vocal, right. you know what I mean? Um, I like that. Um, if it gets so far that I can't tell what the song is. I mean, I, I remember watching Billy Joel do some reggae version of Only the Good Die Young, and I was like, well, that is stupid. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so, but it's cool if you can stretch a solo out a little bit. The other thing that bugs me, and it's kind of the crutch of the under- you know, a live band with not a lot of live experiences, when, when you lean on the cliche, the live cliche, you know, so everything has a middle section that you break down and the kick drum goes, doo, 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 and everyone goes, hey, 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 you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I saw a local band in Muskegon, and I won't, I remember their name, and I will not name them, but they opened up for some rock and roll band, and these guys were so green that, the singer just didn't know what to do other than he had to swear constantly. Yes. You know, and then, you know, make some noise constantly. And and it's, dude, I mean, trust me, fronting a band is, it's weird. And and you don't just, the David, David Lee Roth didn't, maybe he did come out of the womb as, you know, who he was. But it's like, 
if I'm watching your band, first of all, if I'm watching your band and you're just constantly, constantly cursing, I, yeah. I'm I'm turned off. I just think that's I, like, yeah, come on, you know. Ted I saw Nugent a band. Was, I saw a band live, um, and I I do like uh, a couple of their records, and I will name them. They were called Candlebox, oh, and yeah. it was one of the most god awful concerts I've ever seen in my life. That's all he did was cuss. Yeah. And yeah, it, and the sound was terrible. I've been to a few of those, and oh. I saw the Gin Blossoms where I walked out. Oh, that's. I, I wanted to get up into the sound booth at this club and knock the guy doing sound out of there and take over because it was. I mean. I know every Gin Blossom song from the first two records by heart. I couldn't understand what they were saying. Right, bad bad concert sound is a is a plague unto itself. It's better oh. now. It's better now because the technology is such where we've, but you know from, uh, you know '60s '70s into the early '80s, you know technology kept growing and and concert sound was improving, but. I've heard some horrendous guitar tones, terrible drum sounds, bad vocals. Yeah. Um, well, the the weird part about that Gin Blossom show that I walked out of was a local guy in Grand Rapids, Adam Pringle, opened, and he sounded amazing. And then they sounded like uh, they were recorded on a Mr. Microphone. Right. And there's some of that too. And and we we can't get into all of it but there's certainly there's a level of arrogance among certain sound people who just think they, oh, they know everything yeah. um right. which uh, the uh, the other side of that is if i'm running sound for a band and i don't do a lot of that um although it's something i have a little bit of a gift for i think um if you're doing that and someone comes up and starts piping off Part of me wants to be like, dude, you know, I've got a system here with crossovers and EQs and, a, you know, I'm setting crossover points. So you, you have a car stereo with bass and treble and you're telling <laughs> me that I, you know, how to do this. Um, yeah. That, but, but live concert sound is, is another variable. And variables to me are what makes the live concert experience for me. You know, yes, you can have backing tracks. Yes, the dancers can be on point. Yes, it can visually look amazing. I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you go see Madonna, Beyonce, uh, Rihanna, um, you know, Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the that production's going to look phenomenal. Right. It's, and and it's going to be a polished performance. It's going to sound great um, for the most part, I think. But. There's not. I like the risk factor, man. I like the risk factor. I want the guitar player to, to you know, play the first verse and hammer on that guitar, and then I can hear the second verse where it's slightly out of tune. Then I can hear him drop out to tune and come back or whatever. Or yeah, I saw Mick Mars fall and break his guitar. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna see, you're not gonna see that on the on the the Carnival of Chaos DVD, right? Uh, or I mean, falls that trust me, Facebook or YouTube is full of concert falls because. Oh. But it, dude, it's that's the variable. That's what you want. I want something that only I got. That happens, you know, where you are the only dude on that tour that saw the night Mick broke his guitar or Dave <laughs> Grohl jumped off stage and broke his foot, or you know, we want that, and 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 that's good. It's when those variables are so out of control. You know, Marilyn Manson is a good example. You know, the variables are so out of control. He could be so tore, drugged and drunk and that he just couldn't do anything. And we've all had shows where, you know, we've seen where the substance abuse overtakes. Oh, yeah. You know, late <laughs> 70s Aerosmith, the most inconsistent live band on earth. David Lee Roth at the US Festival making, I don't know, a million dollars a minute or whatever, and he can't sing. Literally, I don't think he got through one whole verse. Um, right. There's that. You know, again, it's a variable. Um, it's the element of danger. It's why live music is live music and recorded music is recorded music. Nowadays, people are so afraid of the variable that they take as many of them out of the show as they can. Well, you know... Frank over there might not sing his backup vocal right, so we'll just can it. We'll just have that pre-recorded, and that'll be one less worry. Yeah, you the know? the big production thing. I've I've not seen a ton of those type of shows with what 
what we listen to, but yeah, me probably the biggest I've seen was Neil Young on the, um, was the album just called green? It was a concept record. It was Greendale? like 2003 was Greendale or Glendale. They did, they did remember. that entire record, um, and acted it out and everything right on stage. It was called green, green land. Oh, okay. Greenland. Well, and I didn't, I didn't care for that record much, but, um, you know, Emmy Lou Harris opened, so that was worth that's, it. That's something. Well, and, and that's the other thing too, is as the production goes up, the variables increase as you know, and that, and at the lowest level of live music, and this is the level that I work at, so I know the there are variables in that, and those variables can be as simple as a tube goes out in your amp, or your cord doesn't work, or you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I played, you know, again, I, I hate to talk about me like I'm some you know real musician guy, but you I are. I played three or four gigs with my my with the Desolation Angels. And at all three of those gigs, my strap came off my guitar. So much so that Wendy said to me, Jesus, dude, get strap locks. I go, I don't really have, you know, I didn't bother with them or whatever. Played again, boom, it dropped off. You know, you don't spin your guitar around like Cinderella anymore? I used to. I used to. (laughs) Don't think I couldn't. Don't think I couldn't if I wanted to. And don't think I didn't practice in the backyard as a kid, learning how to hit myself in the back of the head a hundred times. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Nita pro- Strauss does that all the time still. Oh, man. You know who does it the best? A guy named Warner Hodges, the guitar player for Jason and the Scorchers. Warner Warner can throw his guitar. He's like nobody on earth and never miss a note. Um, nice. The thing with me, Scott, is the places I play don't have the ceiling clearance for such a thing, you know? <laughs> You know, it's hard to throw your guitar when the ceil- you can touch the ceiling and the stage is the size of a postage stamp, you know. But, <laughs> right. but I could at one time, buddy. I'm telling you, I could. It, so have you ever been to shows where you missed basically the entire show because you fixated on one player? Oh, yeah. Oh, the whole show. It, it's the nightmare of the concert. It's the nightmare of the concert for John Merchant is I, I get so lost in, the, in that one person. Yes. That holds my attention. I, I I miss everything else, you know. I did at Dio. I just watched Craig Goldie the entire show, and everything else was a sidebar. <laughs> I missed all of David Lee Roth because I couldn't wa- stop watching Steve Vai. Oh, that's, and that's true. Yeah, the first time I saw John Mayer, I sat and watched, because they had the big screens. It was at uh, Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids, and... I sat the entire show and just was in awe of Steve Jordan on drums. Yeah, see, I, that's fun too to just watch that one guy in the in the because one cog like, in the thing. Yeah, easily a top five favorite drummer of oh, mine. Cool. And for when yeah, when John Mayer did that um, the trio thing with Pino Palladino on bass, that was just so out of left field for him and and so great. That yeah, he had those two guys play on his record, and that's, really that's kind of where he started getting, you know, a little bit more, you know, grown up songs. Credibility. Than, you know, I mean, we can call it. That's when he started building his really building his credibility. Right. Um. Yeah, I do that. I fixate. I, but now, mind you, I've been to concerts where I might have that side stage obstructed view, and I might get lost on a tech or something because I might want to watch the dude tuning guitars and handing them to. C.C. DeVille or whoever it is, you know, I am also at any arena concert when I was a kid, I would always try to walk backstage. I'd want to see him coming out of the hockey team's locker room. I want to see, I mean, to this day, one of my favorite things they do, stand-up comedians do it, um, MMA fighters do it, certainly rock. It's what they call the walk-up you know, where they have the camera and the guys are coming out of the dressing room and they're all high-fiving each other and they're, you know, they say a little prayer and then they're walking to the stage and there's their dude, their tech guy is there to hand them their guitar and they're still backstage and you can hear the pre-recorded intro music. My heart is, right now, is speeding up thinking about it. That (laughs) It's just that whole, as a kid, as an adult, to this second, the whole thing, if if you have a special on Netflix and it's, you know, 
I don't know, and, and I might mispronounce her name, but like, let's say Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande presents the era Ariana Grande tour, right? And it's concert footage intercut with the tour footage. I'll watch the tour footage and fast forward through the concert, but I'll watch right. it. I've watched the Backstreet Boys. I've watched In Sync. I've watched. I don't care. I will watch the everything except the live. Like I, I really don't care what Ariana Grande is going to sing live. I don't care about her music. But I'm more than willing to see what the other twenty three hours of her day is like. Right. I, 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 and and if you give me that, I it it doesn't matter the genre. It doesn't. You know, I, I I'm fascinated by how the whole thing works because you have to. Re- I came up. And I still have such a love for music that truly, I'm sure if you had, hey, this is a documentary with, you know, Frank, the tour accountant. Well, shit, I'll watch him for a couple hours to see what his job is like. I want to see it all, you know. Yes. And then so I had that in the I was the kid who would stand back by the bus and hope that the door swung open and, you know. Rick Nielsen came off and maybe he might maybe throw us. I'd have my hand out. He might smack my hand. Now that's a whole nother thing. Or I might the, get a pick or. I, yeah. <laughs> I have a few. I have a, I have a pick from, um, Cordell Crockett from, um, ugly kid Joe. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have a pick from Jason Newstead, a bass pick. Oh, gold. Yeah. And I have, a. I have drumsticks from uh, Tommy Scott, who was in Lillian X. Uh, <laughs> Scott references yes. Lillian X. Well, yeah, he's in, I think he's in, uh, I don't know what he's in. He left them, I think, to go with um, uh, Creed Smack. What's your favorite um, Lillian X cover? Uh, well, they they do the girls. Is it Girl, My Number? Uh, didn't they? Wasn't it Lillian X that covered... Um... No matter what? Yeah, they did the Badfinger one. That's my favorite. Um, I like that one. Probably one of their yeah, they did a video with the with the old lady and Oh, I, I never think they saw did it. a video for that. Uh, no matter what. I think they did a video. Well, I'll be looking that up when we're done here for sure. Uh, <laughs> um but the yeah, some of the other ones like um back in the day when we had the around here in Michigan there was this uh, magazine called Music Review. Oh yeah. It's yeah. like a little newspaper and that's where you got your your dates for shows. Right. And sometimes they would be wrong. And I saw a couple of bands because the calendar for the club was incorrect. So I saw Big Sugar, who's a great band from yep. Canada. I've heard of it. And um, the lead singer went and did some other stuff with this band called Grady. Um but another band that I saw by accident because the calendar was wrong was I Mother Earth. I remember that band for sure. Another, I think they're Canadian. Um, but yeah, I mean that was at Reptile House, and oh, like yeah. we've we've I've seen some amazing shows at the Reptile House. Um, Dag, another, I think they were a North Carolina band. I believe they only put out two records. God, man, this um, industry is changing. I'm sure so a much. lot of people listening will remember the DAG show at um, the Reptile House. Well, you know, the thing is, it's changed so much now. Concerts, you know, in recent years have been where artists, concerts, and merchandise where you can actually make some money, right? Yeah. Um, the tour industry has changed. Venues are less and less, you know, I mean, and who knows how we'll come out after all of this. But in my era coming up, Late 70s, early 80s, or I'm sorry, late 70s through the 80s, concerts were big business. And that's when you got the, you know, the rolling review, you know, where you got the big six semis and three buses and, you know, and we're taking this thing out on the road. I I loved that. And I did. I wanted so badly to connect that I was willing to stand in the cold by the bus and hope that. (laughs) You know, the other thing that's happened to me in concerts, I know it's happened to a lot of people, but like you're in the crowd, 
you're singing every word and it works great for the opening band. Do it with the opening band for sure. If you know the opening band and you're singing every word right back at them and you're pointing, and then you do that, whatever the hand gesture is, it might be the horns, it might be point, it might be thumbs up, and then you get it back. Like the dude, the dude, or, you know, I've had it happen where they can tell I'm the minority. Like I'm the one who knows them and, and, it, th- then it becomes the show for me. They're they're playing yes. me. I mean, it, it doesn't happen in arenas, but it it has to me in arenas where I've had a connection with a guitar player, or singer. Someone's like, you know, this isn't just some guy who you know is waiting for the headliner. This guy's here for us. Um, it happened to me with Marshall Crenshaw where he just stopped what you know stopped a song and then looked over and went, John, what do you want to hear? <laughs> um, which was killer, you know. Those are the greatest. Um, and when Kenny Roby and Six String Drag, when they Kenny Roby played the tip by himself, uh, maybe a Sunday show. I opened. Um, that's probably I scammed Ted into that. But um, the thing is, then it was, I could tell he was doing stuff for me, you know. And I had requested right. some song, Cold Steel Brace or whatever the song was. And and I I that feeling for me is really a special connection because I want them to know. I I suppose that's why maybe why you know back in the eighties a girl would get on her boyfriend's shoulders, which always blew my mind, and lift her <laughs> shirt up, like you know, lift her shirt up. I don't know if the boyfriend was like, well, if he sees your boobs, we're both going backstage because nine times out of ten, I'm sure she got a backstage pass, and they went. You can tell, you know, Tex here to wait in the car yes. um <laughs> there's a band called the ataris that were uh i remember one them. of those 90s socal punk bands yeah, they had yeah. a song about a guy and a girl going backstage at a billy idol concert while well, she did and and he didn't and she didn't come back <laughs> that's the classic touring story by the way <laughs> is you know the dude standing outside an arena after the show's been done for two hours and you know, the security guy goes, what do you need? And he's like, my girlfriend's in there. You know, I'm waiting for my girlfriend. Um, Which, by the way, the Ataris did a cover of Boys of Summer. Um, Boys of Summer and yeah. it's a hundred times better than Don Henley could think about doing. I don't know that Sorry, I want I don't know that, that I want to go there. I don't know that I want to go there, but I'm going to say it was really good. And it was uh, uh, heavily covered by bar bands, too. They liked that. There were a lot of young bands who liked that song when it came out and did a good job with it. <laughs> But, I like how they changed the deadhead sticker to black, black flag. flag. Sticker. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that I guess that's the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about in the concert experience is for me and for people, most people with NMD who go to a show is we are looking for a deeper connection. You know, we've we've got your album and it's great. And now we want we want even more. We want the element of surprise. We want the connection. We want you know, if you can throw me a high five or something or let me know that you are listening on a deeper level, you know, like we're connected. Yeah. And those are gone. Those are, those kind of experiences are few and far between now because artists are overexposed because it's this you got to be in the loop all the time. So, again, God, I'm, I hope to meet this guy someday and I'm sure he'll be like, oh, someone told me you're on your podcast running me down. Joe Bonamassa is in my Facebook feed all the time, right? My joke. I, I spent my time. I, when, with... Last time I left your house, I had a Joe Bonamassa CD stuck to my foot when I got in my car. It was. <laughs> now I know that's not true. <laughs> now, if you'd said Faster Pussycat, I'd have went over and looked and made sure my Faster Pussycat was where it belonged. <sighs> but, you know, it's that. So I think, and this is, again, old and curmudgeon, but I think the thing is we need to get back to the place where we just we're going to share the, a moment with artists. We're just going to share a moment. And that's what the live concert is. Put your phone away. You know, get a picture or two if you got to. I get it. But ultimately, I don't. John Merchant really doesn't need to see your video of. Draw the Line by Aerosmith. There's plenty of them out there, and there I look for ones that say Pro Shot because I want multi-camera. I don't just want to see what you saw. I want to see the whole deal. So you don't have right. to videotape it for me. Go get it for yourself and keep that, and then come and tell me. Go, dude, I saw Aerosmith at 
Van Andel. And Joe Perry threw this pick to me, man, and high-fived me. And, and let me, instead of showing me your video that you think is going to make me blown away and jealous that you went and I didn't, tell me about the connection. You That is what will make me jealous. And then I'll Here's, go, you know, I saw Aerosmith the next night, and they didn't do Let the Music Do the Talking. And you go, dude, I saw them two nights ago, and they crushed Let you know, th- those are right. the things. Yeah, I had um, this one is it it doesn't even sound like it's a true story. But in the 90s, I was I DJed and did all kinds. And I was DJing at this bar in Grand Rapids. And there was a Tesla show that night. I couldn't go because I was working. And about probably midnight, there's hardly anyone in the bar. I'm, you know, there till two. By the way, never hire someone with NMD to be your DJ, okay? Oh, yeah. Tesla walked into the bar I was working at. No way, really? Yes, yes. Did you get any videotape? (laughs) I'm just kidding. It was the 90s. Did you get a picture of them? I did not. I didn't have a camera, nothing. I just, I, I walked up to the table. They were sitting at a table. Uh, just at the front of the bar, and I said, hey, guys, I was going to go to your show tonight, but I'm here working, so I couldn't go. Just want to let you know I'm a huge fan. I've seen you guys like three times. Killer. And um, and they were were like, oh, you know, sit down. I "I can't. I got to go. I'm playing music. And they came up and requested songs. Cool. And they just sat and drank some pictures. And I was like, what are you, why are you guys here? They're like, oh, we just, we asked somebody locally, where can we go where there might not be a lot of people? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, it's the bar that this guy with NMD DJs at. Which is perfect if you're a musician. <laughs> That's the guy you want to go here. So before we end the show, I'll tell you my similar story. My wife and I and our fa- her family, we're all at a local restaurant eating, hanging out, kind of our hangout back in the day. And... The band Night Ranger are playing, they're going to play a casino or something north, and they had taken the car ferry uh, across from Wisconsin to Michigan, and they ended up in that bar. And oh, wow. So it's Brad Gillis, Jeff Watson. The, it's the band at a table. Hardly anyone recognizes them. I mean, this is, wow. I've been with my wife 20 years, so we're not talking peak Night Ranger time. But. I recognize them and I go up and I, ex- I excuse, you know, excuse me. I've also, mind you, I'm, this is back in the day. So of course I'm drunk, but I'm not sloppy and I'm not being a dick. I go, Hey, yeah, hey guys, just want to let you know, a big fan, you know, Jeff and Brad are there. I'm like, I play guitar. I love you guys are great. You know, Brad, you know, legendary guy. Jeff Watson is about as nice as you can be. He is just, Hey man, thank you so much. It's okay. Brad Gillis sort of gives me shitty looks, says something shitty and writes me off. <laughs> I go sit back down and probably neck another six beers. <laughs> By the time I'm done, my wife is begging me, please, please don't go back. I'm like, I'm going to go <laughs> smack that dude in the face. And I'm going to tell him how I really feel that he's on his way to go play the casino, you know, for where they're giving away tickets to the old ladies who play the slots all the time. You know, right. I had it. I was ready. I'm dressing down Brad Gillis, hopefully going to fist fight him. That was going to I that oh. was I was going to be in, you know, Guitar Player magazine as the local schmuck who beat the shit out of Brad Gillis because <laughs> I just couldn't. I what I wanted to say was, dude. Look where you're at right now in your career, and this guy took the time to come over and just thank you for your for what you've done for him. Yeah. And you can't, you know, it's that I get that people get tired, and I get that the road is hard, and I get that people coming up yeah, to but- you all the time has to suck. But at some point, do you ever go, God, dude, I would be way more depressed if no one came up. Well, and—, and- People say it all the time, but it is literally who pays your bills. It is. Right. Right. So, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, I, I yeah, we were drinking. So it's, you'll approach people, you of know, course. differently. But, um, but yeah, that's, you know, Jeff Watson put out the Lone Ranger, the Lone, was it Lone Ranger? I think that, yes. that record is. Yeah. Is better than anything Brad Gillis put well, out. And solo you know anyway. what? <laughs> and, and the thing is too, man, just the, the, Flip side of that is just because I buy your records doesn't mean when you're out to dinner with your family, I and, need to roll you know, up and pull up a chair, you know? I can count on one hand the amount of musicians who were uncool. 
Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And typically, you know, typically you sort of, you expect that, you know. I, I, I find that it's almost sometimes it seems like the bigger the, the name, um, the more gracious and kind they are, you know. I mean, yeah. I these on a you know we are lucky in our little circle of friends we have a lot of accomplished musicians and artists and photographers and you know we're those people that are around those people i still am blown away when a you know a dude just not too long ago i mean within a week pete dunning sent me a text that was (laughs) really simple and it was something to do with you know, hey, thinking about you and want to let you know I love you and I and I love you too. I miss I miss Pete and my friends. He's still Pete Dunning and he still doesn't owe me shit because he's ten million times the musician I am, and yet he treats me as if I'm somehow an equal with him. Greg Miller, these Jack Lever, you know the guys in Barrel Bones, all these people who are still kind never once go what are you talking to me? What is John Merchant talking to A.J. Dunning about music for? That that would be like me going to Picasso and saying, dude, I'm thinking of painting my garage. Do you have any input? You know? <laughs> and and yet those are the people, dude, that I'm connect that keep me connected. It's it's when Zach Wilde meets Scott and is cool, you know, yeah. and makes an experience for you. It's funny that you mentioned Pete Dunning because I saw the pop uh, Papa Vegas, uh, Pete's old band, open for the Marvelous Three Ooh. in like '99, and Pete, you know, came out after he put his stuff away, and he saw me, and he knew how much of a Butch Walker fan I was, and he took me backstage, and I got to meet Butch and Jace. So that well, was, there you go. That was, you know, that's Pete Dunning, though. Did you show him your boobs? I, I asked him. I, I was drinking then, and I probably said something stupid about South Gang or something. Just no, I meant, did you show Pete your boobs? Is oh, that, is that how you got backstage? Always, yeah. Well, I mean... I, he's never taken me backstage. I just want the record to show. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, man. This has been a fu- another fun episode. I, I I love concerts. I I can't wait to get back to that. I'm not a dude who goes out every weekend. Part of it's social anxiety. Part of it is sobriety. You know, part of it is you can't live like a vampire if you're, you know, if you're not living that life anymore. When I do get out, I, you know, I enjoy it. I, I look forward to it. I was supposed to see Jason Isbell. I had tickets to see Isbell. And Me I, too. And um, I have wh- tickets for American Aquarium that's not canceled yet, but I'm sure it will be. You know be. what, man? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, this will be the thing that when we do get it back, we treat it with a little more respect. I hope so. I hope no one yells free bird. Jesus, um, there you go. There you go right there. There's top-notch assholery right there. Yell free yeah, bird. I, I don't know who started that or where that started or who th- that's the same people that yell free bird at a show are probably the same people that heckle a comedian during a set Dude, thinking that they're going to take over the room because of course. Of course. that comedian will just absolutely destroy you. You know, I, 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 I try not to dress anyone down, you know, and trust me in my pseudo career I have here, I've heard and seen horrible stuff from audience members, right? Horrible oh. stuff that people think because you're a, a, a quote unquote, I use the term loosely, an artist that you're just made of steel. They can say anything, you know? Right. And and it's not that way. And then if you if you're so badass and cool and funny that you have to interrupt a comedian, go get your own set going. Yeah. If you want to an open mic at the tip top deluxe. Dude, if you want to scream <laughs> Freebird, learn Freebird and go play it. Otherwise, be quiet and let me do what it is I'm here to do. And remember, the other thing is, just because just because there is no barricade, right? There's no barricade between the dance floor and the stage. Try to remember the 30, 40 years I've put in to get there. No, it's not tall. No, there's no barricade. No, there's no guards. No, I, I might be playing Aerosmith covers or whatever. But remember the time you listen to Aerosmith. 
I listened to them. Then I had to deconstruct that thing. Then I had to learn it. Then I had to get, learn the technique to be able to do it. Right. You know, it, it's like, come on. You, I wouldn't, you know, the classic line, and I have used this, you know, I wouldn't come into your job and tell you what to do. And there's a kind of a, a more a more blue version of that I've been known to use from time to time. But really, it's just, it's about respect and, and about that environment. And if you can create that environment as an artist and as a fan, you can go there and nurture that environment, then the magic happens. Then you have rooms like the Grandy Ballroom or the Fillmore or, you know, St. Andrew, these moments where everything is together and it's magical. It's a magical time. Absolutely. And, and I hope we get that those times back, um, not to harp on, you know, current situation. Hopefully sooner than later, but yeah. Oh, dude, I hope so too. And you know what? I'll always uh, be grateful for the concerts I've gone to and the live events I've seen and those little connections I've had. Um, I will never stop being grateful for those, um, always. And, and the artists who took the time to to give me a little bit more of that connection um, or show me kindness, you know, then you hook me for life, dude. You can you can drop a couple shitty albums on me, and I'm still going to go, yeah, man, but he did high-five me that one time in 1986. So <laughs> right? I'm going to give him another chance. <laughs> well, you got any closing words for us, buddy? She winked at me as she said last call. When the parking lot was empty, we made love in a bathroom stall. Thank you, everybody. Jesus is. Oh, oh. There's more on Scott. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. With hey. Jesus is love written on the wall. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You know what, folks? We've never done that. Scott, I'm going to ask for a full un uninterrupted from me repeat of that line, and then I'm going to pursue it further. Continue. She winked at me as she said last call. When the parking lot was empty, we made love in a bathroom stall with Jesus is love written on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> this one we got to, where's that from? Uh, Blue Edmondson and uh, Wade Bowen wrote that song together, and they both put it on each of their records. It's gold. That's a great It's called ride. Resurrection. Please, everyone, check that out. And thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Scott, thank you as well. I love you, buddy. I miss you so much. Thank you for doing this. You too. This. Thanks right. to Low Tree Studios, yeah. and uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Peace. <laughs>